0: If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock, to denial, to grief, to anger, to confusion, to joy, and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there.
1: emotions take nearly seconds in our brains chemically, but we can hold on to them for years.
0: Oh, I believe that. Yeah.
1: Right. We can hold on to them for years. And, and when we're able to actually feel them in our bodies, in our nervous systems, they release, right? They don't stay. We don't put them in a box, lock it and throw away the key. Right. We feel it. We synthesize it. It's gone. Right. And then it's actually going to go and it takes a lot less energy.
0: Welcome to a bonus episode of DNA Surprises. In this episode, I'm joined by Lindsay Johnson, a registered nurse, board-certified nurse coach, and integrative health coach who cares for the caregiver through stress, burnout, and trauma healing. She utilizes various methodologies in her practice, including mindful listening, transformative coaching, somatic experience and trauma healing, mindfulness, heart math, and gentle accountability. Lindsay helps her clients reconnect to themselves and their bodies, become more aware and mindful of their coping mechanisms, access their courage and inner wisdom, and shed old habits in order to make way for more self-compassion and love. Lindsay will be facilitating a session called Let It Rain, Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Nurture at the DNA Surprise Retreat. In this episode, we talk about what rain is, why self-compassion is so important, and how we can come home to ourselves. I really enjoyed this conversation and Lindsay's wisdom. Self-compassion can often be one of the more difficult components of the DNA Surprise journey, so I hope that you find this as valuable as I did. Today, I am joined for a very special bonus episode with Lindsay, and she is an integrative health coach who will be facilitating a session on self-compassion at the DNA Surprise Retreat. Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, Alexis. Thanks for having me. So to just get started, can you tell listeners a little bit about your background and how you got into the work that you do?
1: Yeah. So I am a board-certified nurse coach. And a somatic experiencing practitioner. And I started my career out as an ICU nurse about 14 years ago. I guess that's probably around what I'm at. And I got burned out within around six years of being at the bedside. And so after a few, a few more years, I figured out where I needed to be. And I was, I, I fell into this coaching role and, uh, helping people on their road to more health and wellness. And then I found that there was a lot, really a a lot of things that were really getting in the way of people finding health and wellness. And that had to do with stress And burnout and trauma. And so these days, I help people with stress, burnout, and trauma deal with their nervous systems and heal their nervous systems so that they can achieve the health and well-being that they truly desire and deserve.
0: Oh, that's such a great description of, of, of what led you to this place and definitely resonates, I think, for people who have experienced DNA surprises because for so many of us, it is a trauma one of the things on your website that really drew me to you um, is that you you have a note about how we can come home to ourselves. And that really resonated with me in my DNA surprise journey, the fact that my identity has changed so much and so mm-hmm. many of the people that I've spoken to have experienced the same thing. So can you describe what you mean when you say come home to ourselves?
1: Yeah, I love that that spoke to you. It clearly is a a meaningful part of my own life. And I think that's meaningful for a lot of people. I I think that coming home to ourselves is really around finding who we are at the core of us as human beings. Two of my mentors in the somatic experiencing world uh, described this as maybe our essence, right? Uh, Our essence of who we are. Another mentor has this big diamond in her office and it's like a you know faux diamond with mm-hmm. all the facets all around and she will hold it up and say, hey, look, these are all of the facets of who you are on this side and you can't even see the ones that are on the other side of, you, of this. And so we are so complex as people. We are a special collection of temperaments and genetics and life experiences and we are not just one thing. We are a collection of things. And life can often pull us away from this, right? Our experiences, any sort Mm -hmm. of nervous system um, trauma or or simply conditioning. And it takes us away from that authenticity, essentially. Mm -hmm. What I really... Do in my practice is help people get more in touch with, who, with their full human experience. Sometimes we can be so limited with what we allow ourselves to feel and to experience, or we think that calm and peaceful is the only thing that we're allowed to ever feel. But that's just not true, right? We have we have so many things that we can be, so many things that we can experience, and uh, it's all rooted in a sense of safety. And so when we are able to feel safe with ourselves, that's when we're able to come home.
0: Oh, I love that diamond analogy because it's so true. I I always say, you know, my DNA surprise is something that happened to me. It's one piece of me, but it's not all of me. I'm all these other things. I'm a mom. I'm a friend. I'm a wife. And I think... Um, when we first have our DNA surprises, they're so all-encompassing. and yeah. so that idea of returning to all of the other things that we are is mm. really special.
1: yeah, it could rock your identity,
0: yes, for sure. when we talk about coming home to ourselves and processing these traumas, where does self-compassion come into play?
1: It's pretty integral <laughs> yeah. um i I. I say that only because I think that you need safety as sort of a precursor to that self-compassion. But that being said, it's really a necessary component of allowing us to be who we are. Things like toxic shame, right? The 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 shame that's not actually supposed to be there around emotions or not feeling good enough. It can take us away from that essence that I was talking about before. When our nervous system neuroseps danger, right? When we our ner- nervous system just senses that they're danger, not consciously, uh, shame can end up being a protective response, right? We we go into that sense of I'm not enough. All of that can really get in, in the way, but it's also protective. So I don't remember where I heard this from, but Oh it was in Becky Kennedy's Good Inside. She said something to the effect of my surroundings can't be awful so I must be awful, right? As mm-hmm. children we can't we it, it's it's intensely horrific to imagine that my surroundings are awful so I must be the bad one. And so we yeah. sort of take that on as we grow old, older and self-compassion becomes get, just a little bit more hard to come by. And so Self-compassion ends up being a practice, I think. It's not something that comes naturally to I think most of us in our in our society, right? And so yeah. it becomes a practice.
0: Oh, that's so that is so interesting because I think so many of the people in the DNA surprise community grow up feeling out of mm-hmm. place in their homes, in their families, yeah. feeling like something's off. And sometimes being the black sheep of the family. And all mm-hmm. of those things are so tied to shame, as well as just the secrecy oh, my goodness. and all of that around, you know, learning the truth. And and there's shame for our parents. There's a lot of shame, I think, just involved in the DNA surprise world, generally. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, and so self-compassion is just one of those things that is necessary for us to be able to have our full human experience that I was talking about. And that is such a, an important part of mm-hmm. that experience, I think, for people.
0: So you touched on somatic experiencing, and I've heard mm-hmm. about this a few times over the last couple of years, but I don't yes. know a ton about it. And I know that that's not necessarily what we're going to be covering in the retreat, but can you share more about that? Yes.
1: So somatic experiencing is a method of nervous system healing, um, mostly for trauma. I liken it to strengthening your nervous system like you would uh, working out, right? If mm. you're doing some strength training, you're building muscle. And I liken it to building your nervous system muscles. We all have a window of tolerance, essentially, of what how much stress that we can ha- manage and handle right? And sometimes we are given too much stress and we cannot handle it. And we end up getting stuck in activation or freeze. And when we get stuck, we're not really able to be present with ourselves and the people around us. And we don't really have a full experience of our lives, right? can't access joy and safety and so somatic experiencing allows us to get kind of in touch with our bodies and um, our experiences as a whole but it's really around our bodies thus the word somatic in that phrase and uh read it allows us to to deactivate and teaches our system to deactivate more, and this is this comes from the teachings of Peter Levine. If you've ever heard of uh, "Waking the Tiger," mm-hmm. uh, this is this is all his work.
0: Really interesting. Now your session at the retreat, like we said, it's, it's focused on self compassion. But when we talked about what specifically you wanted yeah. to cover, the, you were instantly just flowing with ideas and were super excited <laughs> about the topic. And one of the things that you brought up was rain and I'd never heard of it before. But once you explained it to me, I thought, Oh my gosh. Yes, this is absolutely part of the retreat. This is how we need to process. So can you talk a little bit about what RAIN is and how it relates to self-compassion?
1: Yes. So RAIN is an acronym that I learned years ago. I was introduced to this from Tara Brock uh, is one of those big names out there that uh, talks about rain. And she's a, a Buddhist meditation teacher and psychologist. And uh, she talks a lot about mindfulness. And I really do a lot of mindfulness around like embodied mindfulness in my work.
0: Can you explain what that is?
1: Great question. So embodied <laughs> mindfulness, really understanding what's happening in your experience, emotionally, maybe visually, in your in your head, visually, thoughts, but also what's happening in your bodies. So what, what, what's actually happening in our bodies when we're having uh, an activated nervous system response, right? That sort of thing. So I don't really teach uh, meditation, but it's a different sort of mindfulness of being present with yourself. So Tara Brock talks about mindfulness being the t- like two wings of a bird. The first wing of the bird is awareness. And the second wing is compassion. So self-compassion. And so RAIN is an acronym that essentially will take you through that uh, method of mindful self-compassion. And so the first letter is R, and that stands for recognize. And so we uh, have a chance to recognize what's happening for us. We get this wild news about, oh my goodness, I have something that I was not expecting to happen. What is happening for me in my experience, in my body, in my emotions? naming those. And then A is allow, right? How often is that sort of the most difficult thing for us to do as human beings, allowing that to be there, something that's horrifically difficult and -hmm. just allowing that to be present. And then investigation. And I don't mean investigation like overthinking everything. Like Mm. this is the, why. this is reason, this is why I think this way. And um, it's because my mom did this when I was a kid. And I don't even mean that. I mean, really noticing what it's like to be in that experience. If I'm feeling intense grief, what does the grief feel like right now in my body? Can I really just figure out what that's like? And what do I need in this moment? Right. What do I need to hear? What do I need from maybe a partner? What do I need to do for myself? What sort of self-care practice do I need? And then nurture. How can I give that to myself? How can I nurture myself in this moment and really give myself what, what that piece of me needs right now? And so I love this practice because it's so very linked to the somatic experiencing work that I do and just really takes into account how we respond to the world, to our experiences, uh, how we think, feel,
0: behave,
1: and I'm just really excited to share this with, with your crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I know we'll go into this more at the retreat, but for people who are listening or for people who can't make it, what does this look like for a DNA surprise? So the first letters are recognize.
1: Yeah, recognize.
0: What happened? Allow. So I've gotten, I got this news. I've opened up my ancestry results. Yeah, My dad isn't my dad
1: recognize what is happening for you what emotions are you feeling are Mm -hmm. you are you i'm sure there's multiple Mm -hmm. right and maybe Mm -hmm. allowing for that strange ambiguity that's happening possibly recognizing what's happening in your body with that as well right Mm -hmm. that's probably a very activating thing to figure to find out right and then a, allow, allow for that to happen. Allow for the grief to really take some time. Because I think that oftentimes in our society, we're like, no, you need to get over it already, mm-hmm. right? We don't take our time to really, really be in it. And so that's when the investigation comes in. And, uh, and so, and I'm, I'm hoping that I can also help people in this retreat really find out what sort of ways that they can nurture themselves as well around these feelings Mm -hmm. and so what i would do is i I, i'll probably be taking everybody through some exercise these exercises and we can really dive into what you're noticing and finding out how to really feel into your experience
0: yeah I think it's so true. I mean, yeah, we get a lot of the get over it, it's been a while now, or kind of some of the dismissive things like your dad's still your dad, nothing's changed, all of those kinds of things. I also think that there's a lot of, which maybe ties into the shame that you were saying, but that self-judgment about how we feel. That guilt, you know, personally yes. speaking, guilt about exploring new relationships when you had, mm-hmm. you know, I had strong relationships with my raised parents. How can people move through some of the self-judgment and and switch to self-compassion when they're looking at their feelings?
1: Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I that's the thing. It it's the first thing is naming it. Naming that that's what's happening for us, that we feel shame around these feelings, that we shouldn't be feeling this way. So the thing about shame is it's not actually a useful emotion. its Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it is. If you're actually causing harm to another human being, that's a really good emotion to have,
0: right? Sure. But if
1: if we're having feelings that really we don't have a whole lot of control over, right? Emotions are not exactly something that we can control. Yeah. that's not a useful tool. And so if we're able to disconnect ourselves and depersonalize the shame, that is where it makes the difference. And so the RAIN practice that I do, we're not going to go deep into our shame response, right? right, right. we are finding what's underneath it. Mm-hmm. We are saying, okay, I'm feeling that inadequacy here. I'm feeling that shame here. That doesn't have to be here. And I can put this over here for a little while. What am I here mm-hmm. feeling underneath this? for a little while and yeah. maybe through that we're actually going to be able to find some self compassion because the shame is not going to contribute to any of that if we can figure out that oh my gosh i'm feeling so much grief right now that the person that i love and adore my whole life suddenly isn't actually biologically related to me then i can actually feel the grief right
0: mm-hmm. and i don't have
1: to feel any shame that's on top of that it's that's that's useless you can that can go away. Yeah. But the grief that's that's that has a point.
0: Yeah. Is it possible to move through the acceptance and integrating something like a DNA surprise trauma without self-compassion? No. But
1: I think it takes more than that too. Yeah. I think it takes I think it takes being with other human beings too in that. Shame's antidote is compassion.
0: Mm. Right? From
1: other human beings too. So the self-compassion is part of it, but we need other people. And I think that's what you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's the goal, right? Is yeah, that that connection and spending time with people who really get it. I can count myself very lucky that I have a lot of amazing people in my life who have been there to support me through all of this. And no one gets it like people who have been through this experience. The people that I interview on the podcast, the people that I meet online and so on. Kristen Neff talks about she she's a researcher in Mm self-compassion
1: and she talks about three ways to kind of get out of that cycle of not self-compassion yeah (laughs) Yeah. those three ways of getting into self-compassion and um that is mindfulness the unique human experience and the third one is self-kindness right speaking to yourself as you're some, as if you're someone that you love, mm. and I, I think that unique human experience piece is super important, right? Yeah. Self kindness, fine, like that's that can be hard for a lot of people. <laughs> yes. Mindfulness that can be hard for a lot of people, but that unique human experience is a biggie, I think.
0: Mm. So the retreat, we're at least gonna cover two. We're gonna have that that mindfulness, self compassion piece there, and then that that unique human experience with other people who get it and hopefully we'll be able to help with that kindness part too. That is definitely something that I have struggled with myself and and kind of Mm -hmm. posing uh, a question to myself, just like, would you talk that way to your friend? Would I talk that way to my daughter? You know, those kinds of things helps me reframe a bit, but definitely still a practice. And speaking of practice, you said that RAIN is a practice. How often do people find themselves digging that out of their toolbox? I mean, is it something that, mm-hmm. that people could do daily, multiple times
1: a day? It's a really good question. I think it can be used anytime. And like anything else, it's good. it's a good idea to practice when you're not feeling really activated or emotional right? Mm -hmm. So even starting out very small and just doing maybe if journaling is something that you enjoy doing, you can do that at the end of a long day and just writing out what you're noticing. Uh, You can also use this as a meditation practice if that's something that you're into or just checking in with yourself. Like this is, oh, this is how I'm feeling today. And then when you sort of become, that becomes easier, it becomes a habit. Like, I can do this within about a few minutes instead of 15. Uh, you can start doing this when things really come up for you in the middle of the day. It's just a really nice tool to have in your toolbox.
0: I'm excited to learn more about it and use it. Can you talk more about what your session will look like with the attendees
1: in May? I will be taking everybody through uh, the steps of RAIN, what RAIN is all about. This will be a workshop. Of sorts, where you get to really explore each of the steps: recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture. And so, we'll take some time with each of these steps so that you can process one of your experiences that you're having at that moment. And so, hopefully, by the end of my session, you will come away having a deeper awareness of not only the practice of rain, so that you can use use it in your own life, but really have an idea of your experience in that present moment that you're having and also come away having felt like you've achieved some of that nurturing piece, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's the most important part for me is, is really digging into that N of the rain and nurturing that, that person that you Mm -hmm. are, that multifaceted person and really having Having a moment of that full experience, the full life experience that I was talking about before.
0: Well, I can't wait to go over this to learn some new tools and to share them with other people at the retreat. Do you offer services to people who are outside of the Tucson area? If anyone listening is interested,
1: yes, I do. I um, I am a registered nurse, so my licensure uh, is covered in what's called the Compact License Agreement. And so I, uh, do offer my services to around 30, 35 states, uh, in the, in the U S. So I do zoom calls that way as, uh, and if, if you're in Tucson, I, I see people in person.
0: Great. And we'll be sure to link all of your information if people are interested in finding your website or anything like that in the show notes. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me today. Can't wait to see you in May and learn all about rain.
1: Thanks so much, Alexis. I really had fun talking to you
0: today. Thanks again to Lindsay for joining me. If learning more about how to nurture yourself through a DNA surprise resonates with you, please join us at the DNA Surprise Retreat May 4th through the 7th in Tucson, Arizona. Until next time.